This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. Yo, congrats to Georgia. They finally did it. They finally beat Alabama. They finally won a national championship. After all those years of top five recruiting classes and being, I don't know, one score away from beating Georgia in the SC championship, one score away from beating Georgia, I mean, from beating Alabama in the national championship a few years ago, they finally did it. They finally got over the hump. You know, congrats to them. Uh, Georgia fans, you have your bragging rights and, and you are able to celebrate. You know what I'm saying? You know, I thought they were, as a fan base on Twitter, right there with Ohio State and maybe Alabama and Texas as, like, annoying fan bases that just, just get on your nerves and you don't want any success for them. But, you know, you talk to some of them and you actually watch these games and you're like, eh, I guess they aren't too bad. But, you know, enjoy it. Enjoy it now. Um, next year is going to be tough with Clemson coming back, Alabama. Who knows who else in the SEC? Oh, Texas A&M. And then don't forget, I mean, OU will be in the SEC soon. And y'all think y'all just going to run over OU and maybe Texas. You got another thing coming. Got just as many resources as you do. And it's hard to keep a college dynasty. I mean, look what happened to the U. Look what happened to USC. Look what happened to Nebraska. So I wouldn't celebrate too much now. Now, you you, you have your time. You go ahead and, and have fun. Enjoy this. But, you know, let's see if you can do it again. And according to the odds makers, they are the favorites to, with Alabama, they are the co-favorites to go back to the national championship. And I'm just like, really? Um, okay. Most people were saying, you know, they got a whole bunch of five-star recruits. They got some other people coming back. I mean, Georgia's going to lose some people to the draft, especially on defense. But, you know, they are returning some people, and they, of course, they have the number three recruiting class. Of course they do. Um, so everyone's expecting them to go back. From looking at their schedule, the only tough opponents I see is they got to play Oregon, but it's in Atlanta, so they'll probably win that. At South Carolina, Spencer Rattler, Spencer Rattler's first big test. If Spencer Rattler is really like that, he'll come to play, and he'll show why he was the number one quarterback a few years ago. So that could be a tough game. I, I wouldn't say Georgia would easily win that game. You better look out for that one. That's that's at South Carolina. Of course, Florida, you always got to look out for them. It's a rivalry game. It's in Jacksonville. So it's always a tough game. It's always something you got to look out for. Uh, at Mississippi State, I mean, I mean Mississippi State always a, a physical team, and it's, it's, at, it's in Starkville. So those are only games I see that could be trouble for them. I mean, Alabama, on the flip side, I look at their schedule at Texas. Everyone's saying they're going to roll over Texas. I don't think so, especially us Sooner fans. Us Sooner fans think Texas has no chance. I wouldn't say that because, well, first of all, Texas, what, they got what, the number four, number five recruiting class. They got Quinn Ewers. Um, you got to look out for them. They got B. John Robinson, and they always big and strong up front. Um, I think this is going to be a lot like when Texas played 2019 LSU. Notice how that was a close game until LSU pulled away. I think it's going to be just like that. They're going to give Alabama their best, and it's going to be a close game, even though everything should say, if you look at history and the coaching matchup, everything should say that Texas should get killed, but I just don't think so. I think Alabama is in for a dogfight, and Texas is going to really 
give their fans something to cheer for. But at the end of the day, Alabama should win that. Uh, Texas A&M. Texas A&M got the number one recruiting class. They're building a monster defense over there. Jimbo Fisher is probably the second best Saban disciple. He has a national championship. It's not gonna be. It's not gonna be easy at all. At least this time is at. It's at Tuscaloosa, so that should be a little bit easier. But it's not. It's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. All their matchups against Texas A&M. For the next few years, is going to be tough. We'll see. Uh, at LSU, with Brian Kelly as the coach. And I think they got a five-star quarterback with LSU. That's not going to be easy either. People in the comments saying LSU is going to be a cakewalk. I don't know. It's at LSU, and that, that's, that stadium going to be rocking. But, I mean, when is the last time Alabama has lost at, at LSU? I can't remember. <laughs> I don't think they've lost at LSU since Nick Saban has been there. Not that not that I can remember. I can't remember them. It, it may have been maybe, what, 2010? That's probably the last time they lost to LSU. I might be wrong. But it's been a while, and I just don't think they're going to lose LSU this time, but it's possible. And then you got Arkansas. Arkansas, you know, they just got Jadon Hazelwood and they got Sam Pittman, who was running for the coach of the year. So, not going to be easy, even though it's, I think it's at Arkansas. That's going to be tough. Auburn is always tough. It's your rivals. They almost beat you last year, so don't sleep. But, man, as far as the game is concerned, I mean, I was enjoying the defensive battle, and then the offenses opened up in the second half. It's just some gutsy throws by Bennett and Young with pressure in their face. They both had to escape. They both had to stand in the pocket and take tough hits. Man, that was a hell of a game. I was like, man, I see why they beat so many people. They put so much pressure on you defensively and offensively. They got so much speed on the outside and with the running backs. And they're really big up front. Like I I just see why they dominate so many people. It was a really well-played game. It's just the difference was that turnover, man. Um, the turnover and also um, Georgia, I guess that, that pass by Stetson Bennett when they picked on uh, number six, that cornerback, they picked on him two times in a row, and that second time was a touchdown. And then also that, uh, that five-star, one of Georgia five-star recruit, Bryce Young, Try to throw like a, a a nine route, and he it threw it threw it right to that DB, and I swear to God, he had the whole state of Georgia blocking for him. Damn! Hey yo, your man number forty seven got rocked at the end by number eighty four. He got he got punished, and you know number eighty four got up all all up in his face and was like, "What? What?" I mean, I'm pretty sure 47 just pointed to the scoreboard because Georgia went up two scores. And then from that point on, Bryce Young had to hold on to the ball and they just couldn't get anything going. They couldn't bring them back. He couldn't bring them back. Too much pressure. And Georgia wins. Like, it was just a great performance by both defenses. How they just, whenever either team got in the red zone, they just tightened up. It was, I mean, people were bored by that, but I loved it. I loved it. It was a lot of fun to watch. What an ending, though. What an ending. That ending was sick. That pick six with that escort down the sideline, that was vicious. But congrats to Georgia. Congrats to Georgia. Let's see how many titles you can win from here. It's going to be interesting. It's not like they hurt that quarterback after this. I mean, I, I guess Stetson Bennett technically has another year because of COVID. Uh, JT Daniels. JT Daniels is a like a redshirt junior. And you got that kid named uh, Gunnar Stockton, who I saw play on ESPN. Um, he's, I think, the best high school quarterback in Georgia. He's not bad. From what I saw on TV, he's not bad. 
Now, whether he's ready to step in and take over, and also maybe Caleb Williams is still in play. You got to watch out for that, too. I'll talk about that later, but yeah, they're they're still going to be going strong and just stocking up on defensive talent. It's unfair, but it's college football. Like, it's college football. It's going to be Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. Everyone else is, like, playing for third and fourth. That's how it's been. The elite is going to be elite. And then there's that next tier where OU and Notre Dame and Washington and whoever the Pac-12 champs are. Uh, that's where they all are. And then, you know, then you got tier below that, like Oklahoma State and Baylor and all that. So it, it's it's tough. It's tough to reach that upper echelon. Upper echelon of uh, college football talent to win a national title because in college football, the rich get richer. (laughs) That's just how it is, man. It's annoying. But the only thing you can do is recruit and win. It's, It's hard, but it's just how the game is played. Okay, so shifting to the NFL, the Raiders and Chargers was like that. I made sure I got in the house to watch the end of this game. Um, It was pretty much back and forth at first, and then the Raiders pulled ahead 29-14. It looked like they were going to just take a hold of this game and then ride off into the sunset. But um, I knew once the Chargers scored and got the two-point conversion to cut it to seven, I knew then – that they weren't just going to go away. Justin Herbert was spectacular. I think that last drive started at the 10, and I swear they didn't do nothing the first three downs. Every time the chains moved, they didn't do nothing the first three downs, and then fourth down, they pull a rabbit out of the hat. Honestly, I thought the game was over when he threw that pass to Jared Cook, but it was interference. He was He was held. And then just the greatness of Justin Herbert, I I just, I knew he could do it. I I figured he could do it because he's just so cool, calm, and collected always. And he's just a really good quarterback. So I was like, I think he's going to bring them back and he's going to tie this game. And, And you will never, we will never forget this. And they had a great chance to win this game in overtime. I mean, they didn't get the ball first. The Raiders did. But they made the stop, and then they got the ball back, and then they stalled. I I just don't understand. I thought, you know, if, if Justin Herbert gets this ball back, the game is over because he's going to go down and score again. And he did not. And I was shocked. And then, like, So the Raiders get the ball back. And the side story to this is if the if these two teams tie, the Steelers don't get in the playoffs and the Raiders and Chargers do. Ten minute overtime is going tick, tick, tick. Once we got the four minutes, it became a real possibility that these teams would tie, especially with the Raiders starting at like their like 30 yard line. But lo and behold, they is moving the ball. I I honestly believe no matter if Staley called that timeout or not, the Raiders were going to get that first down. They were not messing around. They could have played it super safe and just kneeled out the clock and then kicked the field goal. But, you know, once they crossed the 50, it was just the Chargers' fate was in their hands. The Chargers had plenty of chances to steal that game and to go away with a victory and play against, I guess, the the Chiefs. Just didn't happen. It just didn't happen. Um, just a shame, man. The greatness of Justin Herbert wasted. Uh, that team, 9-8, and eight, I should have known something was wrong when I watched that Cowboys game when they were clearly the better team but somehow lost anyway because they had stupid penalties 
and bad red zone execution. Games like that, and 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 they were one game away from the playoffs. That's a game they should have won. I I just don't understand. They lost. They got spanked by the Texans. That's another game that I'm just scratching my head. Like, how do you lose that? They blew out the Bengals. They almost lost to the Washington football team, which this so inconsistent. It actually makes sense. It's just a shame. I just feel like the Chargers are talented enough to be a playoff team, but their lack of execution at times is puzzling. Wow. Oh, breaking news, man. They fired David Culley. I mean, the way they played at the end of the season, I, I wouldn't have thought they would fire him. Why? Why would they fire him after one season? The team, the roster wasn't very good. <laughs> the roster wasn't very good. What is he supposed to do? And also, the Deshaun Watson thing. He had to deal with that. I don't think that was right, especially the way they played at the end of the season. Now there's eight coaching vacancies. I could sit here and talk about coaching vacancies, but, you know, it is what it is. The Eagles ain't got one. They had one last year, but <laughs> the Eagles ain't got one. But that that didn't make sense. The Dolphins coaching vacancy thing doesn't make sense. Like, it, it is what it is, man. Um, but the Raiders and Chargers was insane. I'm glad I watched it. It's just, that's why it's just hard to be productive during football season. Because all these good games come on, and I just want to park myself in front of the TV and watch. But, you know, I got a I got a business. I got GOAT level that I have to run and build up, and I still haven't done it in four years. It's, it's been the four-year anniversary, and GOAT level still isn't really doing anything. Um I got lift. I got to make money somehow. I got a referee. It's a lot of stuff I got to do, man. It's just it's just tough, man. I would want to just sit there and watch football because it's just so much fun. These games are so good. But all right. But you know what time it is. <laughs> I'm just here to tell you right now. This is your weekly reminder to respect this bird. Now, one more time for the haters in the back. You going to respect the bird. <laughs> we going to shock the world, baby. We going to shock the world. I already know, man. Listen, the Eagles are eight-point underdog. They're eight-and-a-half-point underdog. A shout-out to my girl, Gab Gowdy. She... Is taking the Eagles plus eight point five. Yeah, there you go. That's my girl. Even though she ain't, she don't mess with Baker Mayfield, but <laughs> still, she's taking the points. She's taking those points, and you should, because the Birds are going to win outright. Let's just get this out the way. I got the Eagles winning 27-24. It sounds ridiculous. It sounds ridiculous. But listen, listen though. The Eagles have a prime opportunity to run the ball and dominate time of possession. Remember now, I sat there and watched the Buccaneers lose to the Washington football team. Now, okay, I will say, I think they were were without Godwin. No, they had Godwin. They didn't have Antonio Brown. They didn't have Scotty Miller. I mean, they had Leonard Fournette. He didn't do anything. They were missing one of their linebackers. I think it was it was either Devin White or Levante David, one of them. Winfield was spectacular in that game. But I sat there and watched them lose that game. You know why? Because Washington got the Buccaneers to turn the ball over twice early. Now, one of them wasn't Tom Brady's fault, the interception. They almost had a third turnover that got uh, – Overturn. Um, Taylor Heineke was killing them with a the short pass. They couldn't run the ball at first. Washington couldn't at all, but he was. But Taylor Heineke was killing them with them short passes. And then Tom Brady on third down, just was just okay. Like he just wasn't that good on third down in the first half. And those drives were stalling, 
and they were forced to settle for field goals and punts. Like they, it was sixteen to six at halftime. And then when it looked like the Buccaneers were going to get back in it, that's when the Washington football team had that ten minute drive and just put the game out of reach. And that's when uh Vita Vea got hurt right there at the end, or that other guy that looks like Vita Vea but is not Vita Vea. Uh, anyway. Anyway, they oh they have him too. That's gonna be tough, but we got Jason Kelsey. <laughs> he is pretty much him and Creed Humphrey are pretty much the go getters for all pro votes and Pro Bowl votes also. So like Jason Kelsey's like an all pro center. So I ain't worried. The guard, uh, you know. We got two okay guards, but I, I'm not worried. We'll be fine. Sue Vitavea, they gonna have to get on this sled, and we gonna give them this sled, and then we gonna go ahead. <laughs> I'm freestyling off the top. It's off the head. <laughs> For real though, um, nah, we'll be fine. Uh, the Eagles, number one rushing team in the league. Jalen Hurts. He's a dual threat, typical dual threat. The way he's played late in the season has been great. Uh, if he could just keep that momentum, we'll be fine. No one expects us to win. Not even Eagles fans believe that the Eagles are going to win. Now, some of them, yeah, some of them. Even if the Eagles lose, they definitely won't lose by eight. So you can go ahead and make that bet now. The Eagles was going to make this closer than expected. I don't know what we're going to do about their receivers. I don't know how we get pressure on Tom Brady other than good coverage. It it doesn't matter because if we keep their offense off the field, it won't matter. I saw, listen, look at that Washington game. That is the blueprint of how you beat the Buccaneers. If you can't run the ball, get some short passes, move the chains, And on the flip side, make sure they aren't converting third downs. Limit their running because Leonard Fournette looked like he's coming back. They have no Antonio Brown. They have no Godwin, but they got Scotty Miller. They had Gronk. Gronk didn't play against the Washington football team. I think he played against the Eagles, though. Um, Not sure how we stopped Gronk either. It doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Keep their offense off the field, and it won't matter. That's what that's how Washington football team won. Why can't the Eagles do it? I mean, the Eagles beat the Washington football team twice. Twice. They beat them twice. Just had to remind y'all. <laughs> Just had to remind y'all. So, so we could take care of the ball. That's another thing. You got to win the turnover battle. If we can force Brady into mistakes, or maybe we can get some fumbles. Because if you look at the Bucks versus Cowboys game, why did the Cowboys stay in it despite the Bucks having, I don't know, like 500 total yards? You know how they stayed in it? The turnovers, the fumbles, the drop pass interceptions. Why can't the Eagles do that? We got big play slay. Let me say it one more time. I said the Eagles got big play slay. Game over. It's a wrap. He going to be hawking. So as soon as you drop a pass, as soon as you fumble the ball, we going to the house. It's a house call. It's a wrap. Man. But Eagles 27, Buccaneers 24. It sounds ridiculous. Now... If somehow, some way, the Eagles lose this game, listen, I'm going to be rooting for the Bucs and the Cardinals. The Cardinals have Kyler Murray and the Bucs have Tom Brady. I would love to see Tom Brady go for eight if he get past the bird. But I'm just going to say, I'm just going to speak it into existence that he's not going to get past the bird. And we're going to shock the world. So... Get ready, get set. It's time for the bird to take over. 
So now, okay. Now let's get to the rest of the games. All right, I'm going to start with the game that comes on after this. Now, I made a bet with one of my cousins. Well, it's good to talk to him, first of all, because if you don't know, nah, none of you know. Well, some of you know. He had a long battle with COVID starting beginning of September, hospitalized and all that. So uh, he had to go through rehab and everything and got to talk to him on, on Christmas Eve and and I pretty much said I pretty much said the Eagles were gonna definitely win against the Cowboys on January 9th. I said it's guaranteed. I was like, they're not beating us in Philly with everything on the line. To my surprise, the Eagles locked up a playoff spot against Washington. And they decide to rest most of their starters against the Cowboys. Also, some of their starters had COVID. So, yeah, we had to rest these guys. And, well, it was competitive at first. But then we lost. Long story short, I made that bet. The bet was if I won, I would buy pizza. No, if I won, my cousin would buy pizza and if he won then I would buy pizza so I lost the Eagles got blasted ran off the field in the fourth quarter so I'm going to buy pizza and I'm going over his uh him and his girlfriend's place on Sunday after the Eagles game to see the Cowboys probably choke but the saving grace the joy that comes in the morning for the Cowboys, first of all, is God because, you know, Jesus is a reason for the season. But their other saving joy is Jimmy Garoppolo. I do not trust Jimmy Garoppolo at all in Dallas. So, man, I really want to say the 49ers will win. They can win because they got a good pass rush. They got a decent secondary, a decent linebacker crew. They got a pretty good defense. It's not as good as before, but, you know, them them guys they got up front can make life miserable for Dak Prescott, unlike last Sunday. I don't know what the Eagles' pass rush was doing. They weren't doing anything. The 49ers can put the pressure on them. But with that being said, when they when Jimmy Garoppolo is gonna have to throw, I just don't I don't trust him. Not not at Jerry's world. So at the end of the day, you know, I got the Cowboys winning 31-28. Unfortunately, I, I can't stand them, but it looks like they're gonna win because I, I really don't trust Jimmy Garoppolo. You saw how he choked against the Rams. All right. So now let's go on to the next game. We could spend time on that, but nah. Okay, so Vegas and Cincinnati. That's gonna be a lot of fireworks. That's gonna be some good route running. The running backs are kind of underrated in this. Josh Jacobs. Nah, Keon Drake's out for the season. Um Don't forget now, the Raiders still have Deshaun Jackson, if I'm not mistaken. So, there's going to be some fireworks. I don't think either team's going to play defense. How can you with quarterbacks and receivers like this? And Darren Waller's playing too? It's going to be a sick game. It's, I don't know if I'm going to be able to watch it because I'm probably going to be out doing lift or something. I might even be roughing basketball. So, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to watch it. But it's going to be a fun game. And um, I'm just going to say... I'm going to give Cincinnati the win, though. I, I say they're going to win 45-35. Yeah, man. Uh, it's it's going to be fireworks, and I'm going to at least watch the full highlights. I don't think I'm going to be able to watch the game, per se, the whole game, you know, because, you know, I got to work and all that, all that. But it's going to be a nice game. I, I can't wait. New England-Buffalo. Like I told my good friend Ben, who is a Patriots fan, I said, listen, y'all not going to do all that running y'all did last time. 
You Did you see the second game in New England? Now, Damian Harris did score three touchdowns. I'll give him that. But they didn't they didn't run with near the amount of authority. They didn't control time of possession and um the Bills threw all over the yard. Um I'm kinda expecting the same thing. Even with the bad weather, the Bills are gonna make that adjustment from similar conditions uh a month ago. So where the Patriots won and you know, the Patriots won, but they only won by three. And that's because Josh Allen missed the receiver on that cover zero look from the Patriots. He missed that receiver in the end zone. So he, wherever that cornerback, that left cornerback peeled off his man and came by the inside receiver and knocked down the pass. But maybe if he attacked that defender on that play, maybe that's a touchdown. I think that guy was checking Stephon Diggs. Or if he did something else, like a like a curl route to the, you know, single receiver side. Either way, that could have went a lot differently. And the Patriots escaped that one. And I just feel like the Bills are a better, more complete team. And the Patriots have been going the wrong way lately. And I might be right about them, that they were just a midseason wonder. But, but you know, then they're, they're not going to go out without a fight. But at the end of the day, I mean, best two defenses in the league. At the end of the day, man, 27-14 Bills. 27-14 Bills. They got this. They're just the better team. Period. Uh, Let's see. Uh, I already did Philly-Tampa Bay. The bird is going to take it. (laughs) Pittsburgh-Kansas City is going to be much closer than y'all think. When I saw that these two were going to be matching up, I would have much rather see the Chargers and the Chiefs because they had two very good games, and it was going to be a third really good game, especially with Justin Herbert coming off that game he just had. I would have loved to see that, but we get Pittsburgh. Why does this remind me of the Patriots and the Jets? From 2010, I believe. Maybe 2011. It's probably 2011 because I could have sworn I was in college. Um, I think it was 2011 where the Jets beat New England after losing to them by like 40-something a few months earlier. And the Chiefs and the Steelers, the Steelers lost to the Chiefs by 33. I was watching that game and I turned it off because it was so bad. It was such a mismatch. It was like the Chiefs were playing on pro level. Like the second easiest level on Madden. That's what the game looked like. And it was a joke. So when I saw this matchup initially, I was like, oh, here we go again. It's going to be another blowout. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think for the simple fact that the Steelers have a lot of pride. They have the talent on defense. You know, Mika Fitzpatrick. Should I say Trey Norwood? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, definitely T.J. Watt, the best pass rusher in the league. You know they, you know they got some talent on defense, and the Chiefs have been inconsistent all season. Even with the winning streak, there were some games in that winning streak where you were like, eh, they could have lost that one. Like the Chargers game, the Broncos game, the Cowboys game. It's just man. The Chiefs are a better team, but the Steelers are going to be right there. I think it's going to be much closer than last time. It's going to be much closer than last time. But I got 30 to 27 Chiefs because at the end of the day, they're just the better team. At the end of the day, they're the better team. I think they'll – and they're at home. They're at home. So they'll find a way to win, but it's going to be a lot closer. Uh, Ben, Big Ben is going to play a little bit better, and they got Najee Harris – they're going to get him more involved this time. And I think it's a much closer game. Yeah, I, I got I got 30-27 Kansas City. Now for the Monday night game, Arizona and L.A. Not sure if I'll get to watch it. I can clear my schedule and watch it. I'm not sure if I'll be able to. Because for now, all I have to do is lift. You know, I can maneuver that shift and switch things around and stuff to watch that game. 
Um, but we'll see. Uh, Kyler Murray, Matt Stafford, two teams both going the wrong way. Uh, the Rams have more talent on defense. And, you know, the last time these two teams played, it was a close game. And the Cardinals had a chance to win at the end or, or tie. And it's just that pass rush. Aaron Donald just straight up demolished them linemen and and just punished Kyler Murray. They got Von Miller. They got Jalen Rams. Like this team, man. But at the end of the day, I mean, Kyler Murray is like that. Kyler Murray is like Superman. He going to figure it out. And hopefully they'll be able to run the ball with James Conner and, and Edmonds. They don't get DeAndre Hopkins back. But, you know, they still got A.J. Green and they got Christian Kirk. Um, Man, this is a tough one. It's a 4-5 matchup. But at the end of the day, on the other side, I mean, they got all this talent on offense. You got Sony Michelle. You got Cam Akers is back. Odell Beckham. Cooper Cup, who's like the best receiver in the league, arguably. Van Jefferson. Uh, Tyler Higby. They are loaded. The problem is that Matt Stafford just keeps turning over the ball. Oh, man. This is a tough. I think this is going to be the best game of the weekend. But at the end of the day, man, I I can't pick this one. This is tough. I'm just going to go with Kyler. I'm going to go with Kyler 38-31 Cardinals. I'm going with Cardinals 38-31 just because of Kyler. At the end of the day, it's hard for me to bet against Kyler. And I, I got the Cardinals winning. So so there you go. So so all my winners for Wild Card Weekend. You got I got Cincinnati, Buffalo, Eagles, uh, Dallas, unfortunately, Kansas City, and Arizona. Yeah, so there you go. It's my predictions. Okay, real quick, real quick. So now uh shifting gears. Uh Notable 17th games. Remember last year, not last year, but last episode, I was talking about the AFC North matching up with the NFC East for week for the 17th game matchups. If you don't know how the 17th game works, you know, you if you're an NFC team, you match up against the, the AFC division. No opponent, the AFC divisional opponent that's in the same place you are. From two years ago. So, two years ago, we the a- NFC East faced the NF- AFC North. So, how the standings shook out, it was, you know, the, the AFC North was razor close. So, what ended up happening is the matchups changed. So, next year, we still get Chiefs and Bucks. We still get Titans and Packers. That's going to be sick. Titans Packers, hopefully is a better game than last time. Titans Packers, Chiefs Bucks, but on AFC North versus NFC East, you get Bengals Cowboys, you get Eagles Steelers. Steelers haven't won in Philly since the '60s, so I don't want to guarantee an Eagles victory, especially with no Big Ben. But I'm all but guaranteeing an Eagles victory. It's like, nah, I can't do it. I, I don't know. They they might get us. We'll see. I, I really doubt. Every time the Steelers come to Philly, they lose. So we'll see. I mean, it's too early to call. The, we're talking about next season. Anything could happen. Okay. Then we get the Ravens and the Giants. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? But it's in New York. It's another game I could go to if I want to just slide to New York if I want to. And then you got the Browns in Washington. That's actually very interesting because if somehow Baker ends up on the Washington football team, he's going against his old team. If he's still with the Browns, Baker's in D.C. against that defense. And it's it's something I could I could throw on my Browns jersey and and fit in with the Browns fans at that stadium. You know the Browns fans are going to take over FedEx Field. So I can't wait for that. Those are some really good matchups. And, you know, hopefully Browns and Washington is early in the season so it can be warm. 
because I would love to see that. Baker Mayfield coming to D.C., mm, that would be nice. I would love that. That's how the 17th games look next year. All right, real quick. All right, the Caps. So the Caps have lost four straight. They don't, they can't stop anybody all of a sudden. They haven't won a game since the new year started. Uh, Is it the pandemic? I mean, I know we had COVID problems and had to take a break, but is it that? I mean, what's, what's going on? We gave up seven goals to the Boston Bruins in a game where we were up 2-0. Two goals by Connor Sherry. Then the next thing you know, it's 3-2. And then that's when I quit listening to the game. Then I then I turn around and it's seven three Boston. They won. They had four goals in the second period. I don't get how they can give up so many goals in so little time. I don't even know if that's the defenseman or is it the goalie. I know we don't have all star goaltending, but man, like why do we give up so many goals so quickly? I mean, it's happened several times. This little slide is taking us from first place to third place in our division. But we're only one game, not one game, but one point back. We're fine. I mean, it's the cap cycle. But then again, is it the cap cycle or is it COVID? I don't know. I have a feeling it's the cap cycle. This is right around the time they start losing. They start falling back a little bit. Just for them to come back in March and tear it up and be top two or three in the conference or top two in the uh, division. Then they get a home ice game. Then you you know how it goes. Then they choke in the first or second round. You know how the cap cycle goes. That's what it's looking like once again. It's sad. But hopefully they prove me wrong. You know what I say. But it just sucks, man. I, I hate losing to Boston after last year. Seven to three? You lose to St. Louis five to one? I mean, losing the overtime game. They've lost plenty of overtime games. That's fine. We still get a point. Lost to New Jersey. We're better than them. All right. I guess I should just be patient and let the cycle continue. That's pretty much it, man. Uh, we're behind the Rangers and the Hurricanes. I mean, they've been good all year. We just got to punish those teams every time we see them. And I guess so far we've, we've done that. <laughs> all right, the Wizards, the Wizards. So the Wizards, the Wizards are on a four-game winning streak. No, they're on a three-game winning streak, and they're above 500. They're a few games above 500, and they're currently in ninth place. You know, I'm sad that they're in ninth place, but it's sad because guess who's in 11th place? The Atlanta Hawks. But see, this happened last year. The Atlanta Hawks and the Wizards had about similar records around this time of year. And then the Hawks just took off. And then next thing you know, they're in fifth. And next thing you know, they're in the conference finals. I don't know what's going to happen with the Hawks. I mean, they just traded Cam Reddish. I don't know why they did that. It Cam Reddish must have been sulking about his role or they just wanted to get ahead of things before he started sulking about his role. I don't know what they're doing over there, but they losing a bunch of games. So, but they're three games back of New York and Boston who are tied for 10th. Oh, the Hawks are in 12th. My bad. That's that's bad. But back to the Wizards. Doing this three-game winning streak without Bradley Bill. And already, just like with John Wall when he was hurt back in the day, it's like, oh, this team played better without Bradley Bill. Oh, we 6-2 and two without Bradley Bill. Let's calm down. In the short term, that's great. But, I mean, that's great and all. But in the long term, we're going to need Bradley Bill. He's our leader. He's our best player. Bro, we won three games, but look who we beat. We beat Orlando twice. The first game we struggled and just happened to claw, bite, and claw our way to uh, pulling away in the fourth quarter, and we won by two. The next time we played them, which was last night, which would be January 12th, we only won by six. Okay. After having a 20-point second quarter lead, 
And then in between those games, we played OKC. It's OKC. They have talent, but they're not they're not better than us. They're not that good. So that was another close game. These teams aren't very good. We beat them, but I'm I'm still worried. Like I'm still worried. We got blown out by Chicago before then, and we lost to Houston. The knuckleheads that got suspended. Well, they not knuckleheads. They cool, man. Uh, Christian Wood and Kevin Porter Jr. They got suspended. The game before they came to D.C. They came back to D.C. And Christian Wood had 22 and 11. And Kevin Porter Jr. hit the game winner. Make it make sense. You just made them. You just. They just made you their get right game. That's a shame. The Wizards, I'm very worried about them. But it looks like, you know what? The good thing about this is they have everyone back now. Rui's back. Thomas Bryant is back. Thomas Bryant hit two threes. I love how he can shoot from damn near anywhere on the floor despite being a center. Um, Once these guys get back and going and into rotation, it's over. Okay, maybe not. But (laughs) we're good enough to make the playoffs, to play in. If the play-in started today, we will be playing the loser of Charlotte and Toronto. Um, we lost to Toronto the last two times we played them, and we struggled with Charlotte all season. And that's if we beat whoever comes out of that Boston, New York, Atlanta triangle, which... I mean, I'd rather play the Knicks out of those three teams because I think we match up best with the Knicks compared to Atlanta, who I don't think we can stop Trey Young. And Boston, we can't stop Jason Tatum. So I'd rather play the Knicks. <laughs> Even though by by that time, they should have Derrick Rose back, which uh, I don't know, that would make it tougher, but I'd rather play them than the Celtics and the Hawks. So that's how the Wizards look. I mean, I don't know what KCP and Montrez are doing. I don't know why they're fighting in the locker room, but I guess they squashed it. That's just nonsense. You know, Trez got a lot of energy. He's high energy, so he's probably gotten KCP face about something, and they went at it. It's just a clown show. It's it's very Washington sitcom ish. It's very it's it's a type of thing I would expect from the Washington football team, not the Washington basketball team. But we got that. But I think this team is still good enough to make the play in. But boy, we're gonna have some tough matchups. So I say try to go for that sixth spot and just, you know, then we'll take our chances against probably Milwaukee. Oh, that's probably a sweep. Never mind. <laughs> okay, all right. That's probably a sweep. I don't want to see that. But let's see. Let's see what happens. Stiff competition, but hey, they have the depth to do it. I don't know if they have the overall talent to do it, though. All right. Uh, No sooner, Schooner. No sooner, Schooner. But you already know what it is. The Sooner. They rocking and rolling. I got to start watching women's basketball because apparently they're doing okay. Um, The men beat Iowa State. That's what I'm talking about. I watched that game, and it was was a close game. It was highly, hotly contested game. And then Oklahoma just pulled away. Like, Iowa State was missing everything. Uh, I think it's Tanner Groves. That that's the brother with the headband and the and the wild hair. He had a sick block, and he sparked a run out fast break, and we scored. And from that point on, I don't think we let up. And they had fourteen point. They had a fourteen zero run, and they ran away with that game against a ranked opponent, a ranked conference opponent. Man, that is impressive. But they're two and two in the conference. They beat K State barely. K State is okay. Um, Baylor, 
they had a chance to win that game. Baylor didn't play well at all in the second half. I don't know what they were doing on offense. Neither team was doing nothing on offense. They A lot of turnovers, a lot of sloppiness. It was there for the taking, and they didn't take it. But Texas Tech did. Texas Tech did. So they capitalized on Baylor's mistakes probably, and they upset them at Baylor. But Oklahoma could have did that. It was a five-point game with less than two minutes to go. Like, they could have took that game. And also, they lost to Texas. I didn't watch that game, but they never really had the lead. And I was looking at the box score, and um, Moja Gibson was 3-for-9. Harkless was 3-for-12. You only had two players in double figures. They only scored 52 points. Not good enough for a conference game on the road, especially against a ranked team. And it just looks like this schedule, this whole schedule is a grind. Now, we got Kansas next, another ranked team, but it's at home. The house is going to be packed. It's always packed when we play Kansas. So let's see what happens. Is that home? We're a tough team. We're well coached. I don't know about the turnovers. I, I don't know why they be doing that. But against Kansas, this is hope. They cut the they cut those out and they, they play well. And we can get a dub. And then I'll go see the rematch in Lawrence next month. Now, okay, some quick takes. Quick takes. Um, let's see. Uh, Antonio Brown, he he partied in New York for a week. He's just living a life. He partied in New York for a week with Meek Mill and Fabulous and Lord knows who else. He per- he um performed his single at a strip club. I'm in New York now. I kind of want to check it out, but no, nah, I'm going to save my money. I'm going to save my money. I promise. But nevertheless, he's having a heck of a time. Right before he touched down in L.A., he said he probably didn't need to do the tossing of the shoulder pads in his helmet and the whole charade. And I'm like, duh, of course. <laughs> the L.A., he's in L.A. now hanging with Kanye West. I'm just like, this guy's just full-on celebrity now. Football's over. But someone still might take a chance on him because people want to win, and he's really talented. I just don't know, you know, what can you do to make sure he just doesn't get in trouble again. And if Josh Gordon can get a bunch of chances, but then again, Josh Gordon, Jordan, I mean, Josh Gordon didn't have these type of issues. So, I mean, we'll see. But Antonio Brown looked like he's gone full-on music celebrity, rapper lifestyle. And I'm just like, wow. <laughs> he is he is, he is, is killing it. Uh, Caleb Williams, he still hasn't decided. We just all assumed that. Even me, I thought it was a done deal. He was going to go to UCLA after he visited. You know, he's taking pictures at the Lakers game and, He's taking pictures in at the SoFi Stadium, at the USC suite. Man, USC brought out all the stops. Yet, he's visiting UCLA as we speak, and he still hasn't made a decision. So, what I'm starting to gather is, I guess he's going to take his time to make a decision. He's probably going to take half a semester off. Um... And maybe he'll decide sometime within the next month or so. He's going to visit all these schools, get wine and dine, and he's going to make a careful decision. And, you know, him coming back to OU ain't off the table, but if he come back to OU, he's going to have to fight for his spot. But if he's really that good, it shouldn't be that hard. So I would love for him to come back to OU, but if not, I completely understand. Let the best school win. If he go to USC, I mean, it's L.A. L.A. is amazing. And I'm pretty sure Caleb Williams knows that. But it's just what's important to him in the short term. And in short term and long term. What's important to him. That's what's going to matter. It ain't just about money. But um, we're anxious. We want to see where he goes. If he come back to OU, that's great. If not, just don't go to Texas. Just don't go to Texas, please. Even if he go to Georgia. If he go to Georgia, that's fine. I don't know what that means for Gunnar Stockton and Stetson Bennett, 
But that would be interesting if he goes to Georgia. Um, let's see. So I already talked about Cam Reddish to the Knicks. I don't understand it. They got back Kevin Knox and they got a draft pick from Brooklyn and Charlotte, I believe. I may got this wrong. No, somebody got uh Solomon Hill. I think it's Brooklyn. They got Solomon Hill. And I think they got a draft pick from Charlotte. I don't know what they're doing. I Cam Relish is a heck of a talent, a heck of a young talent. But it some seems like sometimes he's buried in the depth chart and Hawks fans have been calling for him to get more of a role and I'm sure he feels the same way. So they're just gonna they just shipped him. It was like, oh, we don't gotta deal with this. Deuces. <laughs> it's like deuces. Um I think, like I said earlier, they're probably just trying to get ahead of things and see what they can get for Cam Reddish right now while the team is losing and not doing very well. See what you can get for him. I don't know where Kevin Knox is gonna fit in the rotation. I think he plays the same position as John Collins. So I don't know how many minutes he's going to get. But I'm interested to see how that goes. It's weird. It's going to be weird to see Cam Reddish on the other side of this little rivalry between the Hawks and the Knicks. But, man, if he shines in New York, that's just one more piece that makes New York dangerous. And you're going to have to look out for them, especially in a play-in game situation. Uh, Let's see. Okay, John Morant, one last thing before the hypothetical. John Morant is going off. The Grizzlies are going off. They have won 10 straight. And John Morant this year is averaging 24, 5, and 6. So during this little 10-game winning streak, the, the Grizzlies have beaten the Suns and the Warriors. And they beat the Lakers twice. These are like, well, the Lakers aren't the best team, but they're definitely the most hyped team. They got LeBron James, who's playing some of his best ball. And yet, the Grizzlies are still winning these games. They beat Cleveland. At Cleveland. I don't know if they had everybody, though, so I don't know. I don't know about that win. They beat San Antonio. I mean, Sacramento Clippers, they're better than them. They... Like, they're better than them. Like, of course you should win that. They beat Detroit. That's a joke. But, yeah, that's pretty much their 10-game winning streak. And, I mean, coming up, they got the Mavericks twice. I don't know about that one. Minnesota, that's no pushover. So, they won 10 in a row, but they're going to have to fight coming up. But I'm very impressed with what they've done. John Morant is gaining attention once again. Every time we sleep on him. He just reappears and show him and shows you why he's that dude. And he's getting his love. He's getting his flowers as he deserves because he's just really good and really talented. And the guys around him are really good, really talented. Jaron Jackson, Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain pissed off LeBron, and I was just dying laughing. <laughs> LeBron haters love that. Um, I mean, you just look at this last game. Against the Grizzlies. I mean, yeah. Desmond Bain had 11. Jaron Jackson had 13-11. Sire Williams had 17. Tyus Jones off the bench with 17. Like, it's a pretty good team. And they're going to be a factor in the playoffs. Now, whether they're going to beat Golden State or Phoenix in the seven-game series, I don't know. Or even you still got to look out for Dallas and Utah also. I don't know if they're going to beat those guys. And the Nuggets with Jokic. There's just still a lot of competition. But if they can play like this throughout the season into the playoffs, they're a threat to make the conference finals. And we'll all love to see it because they're underdog. They're a young, fun team. They're kind of like an Orlando Magic type. Both the – no, I can't say the Magic. I mean, I can't say the Dwight Howard ones because a lot of them guys were veterans, I believe. But the Penny Hardaway Shaq one, yeah, like they they could be that type of exciting. Now I don't know if they're gonna make the finals, but they could be like that. 
Well, hey, you already know. It's time for the hypothetical game of the episode. Before I get started on this hypothetical game of the episode, I got to shout out Kyle Kuzma because he's been a bona fide second star for the Wizards and he's just been going off. He just had a 27 and 22 game just recently had 19 and 10, I think, versus the Magic 19, 10 and 9. So this guy is going off and he is what the Wizards need and he's growing up before our eyes. Now, I'm telling you, it's just further proof that the Wizards are a playing threat and can get as high as a sixth seed. Like I said, I don't know what they'll do with Milwaukee or <laughs> Milwaukee or freaking Miami, but, you know, it still looks good, though. All right, hypothetical game of the episode. This one is between. Well, it's a Rucker Park pickup game. Team Van and Team Prince. You you know that's Chappelle's skit with Prince dominating Charlie Murphy, <laughs> having pancakes and being good at basketball, whatever it was. Basically, yeah. Prince, let's just assume he's a beast at basketball. But he's going against my crew. We're just picking up random people, well, random celebrities. Whether how famous they are, whatever, they're on the team. So anyway, as I was saying, here we go. So for my team, you got got me, Hitman Holla, Megan McPeak, who is an announcer for the Go-Go. I think she's play-by-play. commentator for the go-go and she's been on the radio a lot for the wizards she's pretty much the radio person for the wizards too i mean i've heard her on the radio several times while doing lift and you know I, i love her she's amazing so jesus shuttlesworth from the movie he got game basically a young ray allen pretty much uh babe ruth a young babe ruth uh, Team Prince, you got Prince, you know, the singer, the famous singer, the icon. Got J. Cole, Liz Cambage, the giant, the tallest one of the two teams. Antonio Brown and Peter Parker. So, so we're playing man to man. So Megan McPeak is going to match up with Prince. I'm going to match up with Peter Parker, uh, Hitman with Antonio Brown, Babe Ruth with J. Cole, and Jesus Shuttlesworth, since he's the tallest, tallest, he's going to have to check Liz Cambage with 6'8". So, <laughs> the game goes to 21. It's at Rucker Park. So, we just going to skip to, we just going to skip to halfway when it was 11-10, see, Team Prince jumped out to an 11-3 lead thanks to Prince and Liz Cambage. Um, they were defensively stifling because Liz Cambage in the middle just was stopping everything going to the rim and the jumpers weren't falling. So they jump out to the 11-3 lead. But Jesus Shuttlesworth goes off. We're going by ones and two, so two-pointers or three-pointers. So he hits... About three of those from outside the arc. And then he has, and then he, okay. And then he dunks on Liz Cambage. Makes her crash into the ground. And man, everyone goes crazy. And that was it right there. That's what brought us to 11-10. And then once again, the two teams alternate. And now we're 18-17. Now this is where it gets really interesting. So Antonio Brown intercepts a pass. He has an opportunity for a wide open layup, but of course he's going to clown. And he stops, dribbles to the three-point line, and scores for two. 
So we had the lead 18-17. So now it's 19-18 team prints. So Liz blocks my weak runner. Then a fast break. Jesus Shuttlesworth have a crazy chase down block on Peter Parker. Then we had the ball back. Passing it around. Dribbling. Some great passes. Great ball movement. And then Liz blocks Babe Ruth. But then I hit a jumper from pretty much above the free throw line. Boom. 19-19. Very clutch. So empty possessions from both teams. So we get the ball back. Antonio Brown steals the ball from Megan McPeak. And once again, he has a wild layup. But no, he does the same thing. Retreats to the three-point line. But this time he misses. And Babe Ruth hustles and gets the rebound because, you know, it's win by two and whoever gets to 21 wins. So he gets the rebound. So I pass to Jesus Shuttlesworth. He pumps fake. He sends Liz flying because she tried to block this shot. She has about like eight blocks, but she's flying. She got caught by the pump fake badly. J. Cole comes in defense. He makes Jesus Shuttleworth put the ball on the ground. Jesus Shuttlesworth passed the ball to me. He runs to another part of the three-point line. I pass him the ball, and he hits the dagger. Two-pointer for the win. 21-19. Team Van went. And at the end of the game... Hitman Holla and J. Cole have a sick one-round rap battle. Everyone enjoys it. We go home. We get the cash. My team gets the cash, and we go all, We all go out to eat, and that's the end of it. So, so I had four points. Jesus Shuttlesworth had nine. Megan McPeak had two. Hitman had three. Babe Ruth had three. So, on the other side, Prince had six. Liz Cambage had five. Antonio Brown had four, J. Cole had five, and Peter Parker had one. Just normal Peter Parker. No Spider-Man powers at all because you got to keep a, a low profile. So there you go. That's the hypothetical game of the episode and the end of the episode. And you know that I'm out. Peace. Psych I lied. Psych I lied. Go to GoatLevelTees.com. Praise God. Thank God for getting me here safe to New York and able to do another episode. And now for real, I'm out. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Goat Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.